Anyway, um, as uh, I mentioned, uh, did I mention to you that we have Daniel Miller with us? Well, Daniel Miller joins us uh, to talk about his book, Texas, Why and How Texas Will Leave the Union. I'm in California, and we've got uh, we got Calix that, you know, that they're looking at as well, Daniel Miller. And I, I just happen to be here, and I get rumblings of it from time to time. But uh, Texas is something that uh, you've been working on and considering for a number of years. This hasn't, hasn't been something as new uh, like it is here on the West Coast. Right. It's, uh, it's always interesting to us because, you know, there's been an active movement uh, to make Texas independence a reality for well over two decades now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the mainstream media has a tendency to gloss over it or, or marginalize it. But, you know, you let things happen like, uh, you know, Al Gore uh, lose that election in 2000 or Donald Trump won an election in 2016. And, Suddenly, the mainstream media has a newfound religion and a respect for the idea of self-government. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it is sort of an odd thing for us. Is it, you know, the idea of Texas, I, I understand, and, and what you're pointing to a little bit here, if I'm hearing you correctly, is it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a fundamental ideology. I mean, we have the Constitution that says that uh, we are to be self-ruled and self-responsible, but it seems that uh, our our democracy or our government, not so much the democracy, but the government itself is, uh, you know, dishing up something that's counter the Constitution. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you, one of the reasons that I, I wrote Texas, uh, you know, after so long of, of being an advocate for the position, uh, was I really, uh, I really, <laughs> I got tired of, of having to uh, answer a lot of the, the same questions over and over and, and dispel so many of these myths. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm firm, Bill, I'm firmly convinced that if if people took the time to just understand the difference between the words nation, state, and country, mm-hmm. uh, we might have we would probably have a revolution overnight. Right. But it, it's necessary, I think, for us in this particular political climate where it is so divisive, where we have seen a federal government that is out of control. Uh, for everyone to reexamine what the union is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you do that and you go look at what the framers and the founders said, you know, and you look at those those contemporaneous accounts uh, of of how they viewed what the union is, you realize it for for what it truly is, which is a political and economic union mm-hmm. coupled with a mutual defense pact, uh, where uh, which is essentially analogous to the European Union, where mm-hmm. each of the states are actual self-governing sovereign entities that are part of this multinational agreement that is a political and economic union. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, you realize just how far out of whack the union has become and how it no longer really serves the interests of its constituent states. Well, to your point, Daniel, people are increasingly agitated. They may not discern, you know, you've been studying this for a long time, and and you've kind of connected the dots, and this is uh, what makes Texas so valuable uh, is because of the research and, you know, the way you break it down, you you begin to 
become enlightened and and you start to say oh wow this is the i i didn't i couldn't quite express it in this manner i was not all i knew was that i felt uncomfortable i knew something was wrong and i think that the start of any monumental change or any kind of change even in our own personal lives begins with us you know confronting the truth and 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 being vulnerable and and admitting um that it's just not working here and I'll tell you, Bill, I, it, it does. It, it makes me feel good to hear you echo what I've been telling folks uh, through advocacy on this issue, mm-hmm. and that is, so many people at a subconscious level have uh, have really felt this unease. I mean, mm-hmm. they know at a at a visceral level that something is wrong, but because the the way that the political system is, and especially the system of governance that we have. Uh, because of, of how the bureaucracy has really heaped uh, all of this, uh, all of these misconceptions on what really is, uh, it's been very difficult for folks to put their finger on it. But mm-hmm. what we have seen here in, in Texas, uh, you know, back when I started in, in this down this path, the the idea of Texas leaving the union was polling in single digits, mm-hmm. and you know, by by the time we got to say 2014, right around the time of the Scottish independence referendum. When you had major third-party polling companies polling this issue, we saw 54% of Republicans were in favor, about half of independent voters, and 35% of Democrats here in Texas believe that Texas should leave the union. Wow. So, you know, we, we've, we've seen this massive uh, upswing in the numbers. We see that people that want to leave the union uh, consistently poll about four to six percentage points higher than those who are firm and wanting to stay. Uh, and, and yet somehow, because it sits outside of this normal left-right Republican-Democrat paradigm, uh, the mainstream media it turns their back on it and they don't want to talk about it, even though there are there have been significant developments in, in the advancement of this particular issue. So, you know, again, it's, it's one of the reasons that, that I felt this book was necessary, to provide a touchstone for people who are just trying to understand what's going on. Exactly. Well, Daniel, you can't expect the media uh, to get behind this because uh, they're all in under the current government and the current ruse that's going on. I mean, look what's going, you know, look what's happening, how, how they continue to carry the water for a bigger bloated government that uh, finds ourselves now $21 trillion in debt, and that's only the number that we want to admit to. Uh, the other, you know, uh, unaccounted for liability down the road, I mean, unaccounted at least by their measure, not by our measure, because we look at that number, is is uh, in the hundreds of trillions of dollars here that we're liable for. So it's pretty wacky. Uh, Daniel Miller is our guest. His book, Texas, Why and How Texas Will Leave the Union. I'll tell you, this is uh, quite an eye-opener for you. Stay tuned. We've got more details after this. Someone once said, live free or die. Right? Bill Martinez, live. Keep Back with you, America. 19 minutes after the top of the hour, Bill Martinez here. Daniel Miller is our guest. We're talking about his new book, Texas, Why and How Texas Will Leave the Union. It is the first thoroughly researched nonfiction book to delve into the motivations, the process, and the practicality of a modern-day Texas peaceful exit from the United States. Channeling his 20 years of experience on the issue, 
uh, Daniel uh, takes the reader, that's us, uh, through the historical and cultural foundations of Texas. Its impact on mainstream politics and plainly lays out the grievances expressed by many Texans that drive their support for an independent Texas. And a lot of these grievances, uh, interestingly enough, well, not it shouldn't be all that interesting. Uh, I'm sure you'll probably go, oh, yeah, that's me too. And I don't, I'm not from Texas. I'm, I may be from Minnesota or uh, Florida or whatever, and I feel the same thing here. And uh, you know, Daniel, this is, uh, you know, the research and what you've been dealing with is that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're still the United States. And so a lot of the same things that you're seeing and feeling are the same things that uh, many uh, across the country and other states feel. Right. I mean, you know, one of the, you know, obviously there are some, some things that are fairly unique to the Texas experience, you know, like, uh, one one of the big challenges that the Texans are are facing in relation to the federal government right now is the fact that we overpay anywhere from a hundred to one hundred fifty billion dollars a year into the federal system. You know, it's mm-hmm. money that comes out of the pockets of Texas taxpayers that we never see again. But that that experience is also shared with roughly about a dozen states. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are a dozen states that that are donor states into the union that are similar to us in that regard. But a lot of it flows uh, across. You know, when when we talk to the people on the street, and I've literally visited over the 20 years with thousands of Texans uh, on this particular issue, uh, you know, they all have some sort of different perspective on it. You know, whether it's uh, you know they're they're vet, they're veterans that have been mis you know they they were mistreated by the the VA, mm-hmm. which was honestly the experience of my father, who was a Korean War vet. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, the, the heinous acts of the Internal Revenue Service or, uh, you know, the issues with the EPA or the Bureau of Land Management or, I mean, right. you know, they all come at it from a different experience. But if, if you want to distill it down and in something that is essentially common among the states, it, it boils down to this. Texans are sick and tired of living under 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules, and regulations administered by 440 separate but overlapping federal agencies and two and a half million unelected bureaucrats. Uh, at the end of the day, Texans feel that the best people to govern Texas are Texans. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you said, uh, when you consider what uh, Britain just went through with Brexit, um, it came down to that as well, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, there, there are obviously clear analogs. I mean, beyond the you know Brexit and Texas similarities, Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there are a lot of, of clear analogs to the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was fun for me to to watch, you know, because I've followed the Eurosceptic movement for a long time, and just to watch those similarities when when the UK when the the Leave side would make the argument about the the unelected bureaucrats in Brussels. Well, that made sense to us mm-hmm. uh, when they would talk about the the onerous. European Union rules and regulations, and they would talk about how much they have to endure because of those regulations. Uh, it, it made sense. However, what I think was was most interesting about it was was the fact that the arguments that were used by the Brexit side that led to a successful Brexit vote 
their grievances against the bureaucracy in Brussels were far less than the grievances that virtually any state here in the United States exactly. have against the federal government. I mean, you know, when I talk about 180,000 pages of laws, rules, and regulations, that just scratches the surface. If you if you were to take the entirety of the federal regulations and stack them uh, right one, one sheet right on top of the other, it, it reaches higher than the Washington Monument. Um, you know, to, to bring it home to you, Bill, you know, obviously here in Texas right now, we're we're grappling with the school shooting that just happened in, in Santa Fe, and exactly. of course we have this this federal armchair quarterbacking that's taking place from all outside of Texas. But from our perspective, we look at it and say, look, we, we are forced to send our children to these public schools for 8 to 10 hours a day, and at a very minimum, we want them to be secure. Mm-hmm. But yet, with that 100 to $150 billion that we overpay into the federal government that we never see again, we could use that money to secure those schools, but yet the federal government turns around and spends it on frivolity, like you know the, the study that uh, that the federal government spent money on to determine how they could decrease alcohol consumption by Chinese prostitutes. I mean, that is a literal, real world example where the mm-hmm. federal government chose the health and well being of Chinese prostitutes over the health and well being of Texas schoolchildren. Right. No, it, it is it is endless, and uh, you know this is why we appreciated uh, former Senator Tom Coburn. Tom Coburn used to uh, publish, as you may be aware, uh, his annual waste book, and uh, noted the billions of dollars. I mean, to your earlier point, uh, over four hundred fifty billion dollars in overlapping responsibilities amongst agencies. I mean, even to the point that uh, President Trump's administration noted that. Uh, uh, it was out of control, that they just could not get a handle on it. There's no accountability. And I, I think one of the things that, um, I, I, that, whether you want to call it the deep state or the government, needs to be aware of is they're starting to hear return on investment uh, because because we have a businessman in the, in the Oval Office that looks at it this way. And this is what we need to look at is the states, for all the money they're putting in the government, okay, what what are we getting? What's in it for us? It just cannot be a pass-through. We can't just, you know, send the money to let you uh, take it and, and, and get involved in goofy projects that are not giving us a return, you know. And, and, and of course, what you just cited is just one of the, you know, hundreds, thousands of idiotic studies that go on uh, just because they have the money. And, uh, you know, and it's not coming from them. Uh, you know, if it was their money, it'd be a different program. Um, you know, that's why we get all this crazy stuff. Like, you know, one of the things I've been suggesting for a long time here, Daniel, is that I'd like the government to put a spending freeze just by surprise, you know, because our fiscal year is the, uh, the end of September. If, uh, if Donald Trump said, okay, the end of July, no more spending. We're just going to freeze everything right there. Do you realize how much money we'd put back into the coffers of our government? Just by doing that? Well, and, and there are some measures that I think would, would go away to that. But I think the, the challenge that we've got here, and one of the reasons that, that people are embracing Texas in record numbers here in Texas, is that there is no hope that the federal ship will ride itself. You know, mm. the federal government has, has proven time and time again uh, that it cannot police itself. And, and more to that point, it's proven time and time again that the voters, the vast majority of voters in the vast majority of states uh, have no interest in the federal government writing itself and policing itself. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I talk about 
uh, in the book uh, that the uh, polling that was done that, that showed that they believe that a majority of people believe that the federal government should do more, but they don't believe that they should pay for it. So, you know, that that is essentially debt. But when you have a federal government and a bureaucracy that is so inefficient, so inept, uh, and so power-hungry, and, and yet you have a majority of voters that want to give it more responsibility, give it more power, give it more authority, uh, you've got a fundamental problem here. Mm-hmm. So as states begin to have this conversation, and begin to reevaluate their relationship within the union, understanding that it is, at its very heart, a political and economic union, mm-hmm. uh, then I, I think it, it becomes a, a path forward becomes a lot clearer. You know, exactly. here in Texas, we believe that we're the best ones to govern Texas, and you know, rather than having our laws and our policies over overruled at the stroke of a pen by some unelected bureaucrat, uh, you know, we have the ability to take control back and, and deal with other nations around the world, including the other states, and including what's remaining of the United States, on the terms as appear as the Constitution originally intended for. Exactly. So, well, we've got an opportunity here to, to take that step and mm-hmm. make those corrections, but do it as a self-governing, independent nation-state. Well, Daniel Miller, congratulations on the book. Appreciate the insight. We need to have you up and back again here on the show to keep us up to date. Daniel Miller, president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. Thank you so much, Daniel. Hey, thanks, Bill.